1: Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepix.com get 100 and use code get 100. That's code get 100 at prizepix.com get 100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Rainmakers Live Show here presented by DraftKings. I'm Eric Lindquist. Excited to be talking a little bit of UFC action. Not that PGA Tour stuff, even though we do have some great offers going with them over at Rainmaker's PGA Tour. Uh, maybe we'll be buying cards of Brooks Kepka here in the near future. Well, it'll be September or so. Wild news coming out of golf here, but we're here to focus ourselves on UFC 289. Two, two events before I'm going to be attending 291, or is it 290? 290 is the one going July 8th. I'll be out there uh, for that one. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you to DraftKings Rainmakers. Well, I guess I won a contest. It's not like I was yeah. gifted. it, But I've got my uh, UFC guy alongside me. Uh, he's above me now on the leaderboard score that doesn't make me happy but we're both top 100 so whatever greg Ehrenberg at g Ehrenberg dfs how much do you want to troll me today
3: uh i mean i've already been doing it online yeah. uh yeah. but i i will i will Bullying. add to this trying to trick because i haven't i haven't seen all right so my leaderboard score i'm on i'm on the climb yep where are you at now
2: I know I'm ninety. Uh, I, uh, I'm I'm I don't want to say something that's incorrect here. My cards, click on my cards in the old Rainmakers tab. Ninety-four out of 7,477. So ninety-fourth. I'm top hundred. I'm
3: thirty-seven. So
2: Son I win, bitch.
3: I win again, and I've been locked and ready for this card for quite a while. Now it's funny. The reason that I have so many cards already in my collection for this one is because. I buy fighters' cards well in advance of these cards. I'd mm-hmm. say one thing that I have an advantage of in terms of Rainmakers is when a fight gets announced, I generally have a sense of how to handicap some of the fights. So even though there might not be a lineup for something, I'll be like, oh, so-and-so is going to be a big favorite. I'm going to go buy a bunch of their cards for you know, a relatively cheap price well in advance of their fights. So when Amanda Nunes got booked against Juliana Pena for the trilogy months ago, I was like, I'm buying all of the Amanda Nunezes that are available for cheap. Mm -hmm. And then as more fights got booked for this card, I continued to buy more of them. So, I mean, I've been like two months in preparation for this card. I've got all my cards locked and ready to go. And I've been looking forward to talking about this one with you as well.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a really, really fun one. If you guys don't know Greg, myself, uh, he's kind of pulled me into the UFC Rainmaker Streets this season. Uh, It's just a really fun gameplay type You have two fighters on both sides of the fight. You have fights that you know are going to be active, fights that you might not expect to be active. Uh, Last week was a pretty wild, wild card with a lot of underdogs coming through. But we had the UFC 289, and well, it's a lot of the same kind of gameplay we're looking at where we have some massive favorites. We also have, I think, a chance for some disruption here and there, and Obviously, I'm newer to the UFC Rainmaker Streets. And if you are too, you can go down below and get an event pack. Yes, there is an event pack that you will end up getting specifically for the next fight night. For anything else that are one of the 1999s, We have $34.99 packs that are available for this UFC 289, but you can sign up for that in the video description below. If you're playing the RBC Canadian Open, we also have the packs that you can get in the PGA Tour down below as well. Make sure you take uh, care of all the free offerings that they have going for you to jump into the Rainmaker Streets and then build that franchise score. Do all of the smart kid things like Greg talks about, buying cards in advance, or do it like I do it where you buy serial number pieces of both sides of the fight because you have no idea what you're doing and handicapping it. But starting to get better at those kind of things. And let's start with that main event. Amanda Nunes, Irene Aldana. We've got a pretty interesting one here. Amanda Nunes, 12 consecutive fights now she's had in the UFC that have all been title fights. She basically just fights for a title fight every six months or a year. And that kind of seems to be what it is. But do you find Eldana has any type of a path here because well Pena you said you were looking at targeting is Eldana somebody that you think is anyone in any way shape or form live in this spot
3: so I so Nunez was going to be like a minus 1200 favorite against yeah. Juliana Pena and I was just expecting Nunez to absolutely smash Juliana Pena and just repeat what she did the last time they fought where. Nunez ended up putting up, I don't know, like 130 fantasy points. She had three knockdowns. She had six takedowns. She held a bunch of top control time. Irene Aldana is a better fighter than Juliana Pena, so I do think she's going to be harder to accrue fantasy points against. With that said, this should be Amanda Nunez's fight to win. The only question I really have here is, what is she fighting for? Right, Amanda Nunez now has established herself as if not the greatest women's MMA fighter of all time, like at worst, she's top three, right? You'd you have you'd have Ronda Rousey in consideration. You have Valentina Shevchenko in consideration, but Nunez has beaten Shevchenko twice already. Cyborg would also be somebody who's in contention, but Nunez knocked her out in a, about a minute or so when they ended up fighting. <laughs> yeah. So the only thing that you have to question when it comes to Amanda Nunez is what is her motivation or preparation like for this fight? Because her first fight against Juliana Pena, Nunez did not lose that fight because she was the lesser fighter. She lost that fight because she didn't put away Pena in the first round. She didn't train for the fight. She didn't have the cardio and she gassed out. So if she comes prepared for this fight as she did in the rematch against Juliana Pena, Nunez smokes Arena Aldana and probably puts up a pretty big DraftKings score. But Aldana's very game. She has cardio. We've seen her fight deep into fights. And if Nunez is not prepared as she wasn't in the first fight against Juliana Pena, there's danger in this fight. So I have to favor Nunez. The only path to victory for Aldana, like you had mentioned before, is that just Nunez is not prepared for this fight, which I can't write off as a possibility because it happened two fights ago. But skill for skill, all of the metrics are strongly in favor of Amanda Nunez. She's a much better striker. She has comparable output, but she's much more solid defensively. Arena Aldana gets hit a lot more. She, land, she absorbs 5.71 significant strikes per minute to Nunez, who absorbs 2.75. So Nunez does not get hit nearly as often as we see from, from Aldana. The other aspect, too, there's a massive wrestling and grappling advantage to Amanda Nunez. The only concern I have is the cardio, her preparation. So I pick Nunez to win. I expect her to put up a big fantasy score. You asked her if there's a path for Aldana. Yes, but it has nothing to do with Aldana. It's just maybe Nunez is over it. She's older and she's ready to retire. She's the second child on the way. Beyond that, Nunez wins this fight easily.
2: Yeah, I'd feel a lot better if Irene Aldana wasn't a striker to some extent. Like, just mix up the game mode. Not that a Nunez doesn't have any type of gra- grappling or uh, anything of that nature, but... I'm, I'm with you. It, it seems as though it's going to be you get the advanced version of Nunez or she beats herself um, a little bit more. So I don't see any kind of a big shot showing up from Eldana to take her down or some surprise there. It would just be Nunez shows up out of shape. But I think that's pretty unlikely. I think she's probably my favorite uh, favorite on the card. Now, there are crafting cards of her that are available. So there's going to be more available yeah. cards of her than there are going to be of some of these other favorites. And that leads me to my next question, because we now have seen Robert Whitaker and DePleces off this card. We've seen Khalil Roundtree off the card, which leaves us with just kind of a limited number of favorites. And so if you're buying your packs, we have Miranda Maverick, who's sitting up there. Minus 275, best available number. Most books have her around minus 300. We have Blake Builder. Yeah, minus 245, minus 250 in a fight that I expect to be pretty active. That's for sure. And then you have... Uh, Mike Malott, they're sitting north of minus 200 as well. Who's your favorite out of these next tier of favorites?
3: Yeah, so I think there's different pa- there's different ways to look at this, right? So, mm-hmm. like, Mike Malat against Adam Fugit, I think Mike Malat is really, really talented, but we have such limited data on him because so many of his fights have ended so quickly, which, in a lot of ways, is a double-edged sword, right? If somebody's winning a lot of fights quickly... Cool, that's kind of the goal of the entire thing. If you're getting dudes out of there (laughs) quick, you know, you're dominating people. Mm -hmm. But we haven't really seen his defensive wrestling tested. We haven't seen his cardio tested. And these are things that Adam Fugit's a dog, right? That's a path for him to win in a lot of his fights. We saw him do that in his last fight where he was fighting against Kinoshita. I'm trying to remember what the closing odds were for that fight. I could actually pull it up. I can up
2: pull here. it up for you here right now. I'm at but, the spot. You can do look it. He closed at minus 20, uh So minus 215 is where he closed at. Open minus 235. So it dropped very slightly against... But, no, uh, but Fugit was the underdog. Oh, Fugit. Sorry, Fugit. Plus 277 uh, in his last fight.
3: Yeah, yeah. So Fugit was a big underdog in his last fight. And... He just grinded out a win against Kinoshita, shita mm-hmm. landed four takedowns uh, and then actually got a finish towards the tail end of the first round yeah. so i mean he was just somebody who you see he could take some damage he could walk through it same his uh ufc debut he fought against michael morales who's a really talented prospect on short notice and if you get hung in there until the third round where he ended up getting finished but before then he was challenging Michael morales he was giving some issues in the wrestling grappling he was able to control him up against the cage at some points in time. And we just haven't seen Mike Mallott tested in that kind of way. Now, what we know about Mike Mallott is if he wins, he probably scores a really big fantasy point mm-hmm. out because that is what we've seen from him so far. So in terms of what you just mentioned there is like, all right, which, which guys do you like here? I like both of them. I like targeting this fight as a whole. There's a lot of unknowns about Mike Mallott. I understand why he's favorited as he is. I can't bet him at this number, but for Rainmaker's purposes, I like Mike Malott. And then I also like Fugit as a cheap underdog play to differentiate some lineups because I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that say have an Amanda Nunes card in the same lineup as an Adam Fugit. A lot of people like myself that have been stocking up on Amanda Nunes, they've probably been stocking up on other favorites. So I I think that he's a good fighter to buy for cheap that has potential for a lot of upside.
2: Yeah, something that I've started to do and integrating, talking about the different tiers of contests. And this might be a little bit more, it's not high level. I don't want to give myself that much credit, but one thing that I used to do early on in Rainmakers, and I think was a huge mistake back in January, February, March, is I was buying packs, and I was basically consolidating my portfolio and selling a lot of these cheap cards just to unload them, and I basically focused on my main featured cards. I think you should definitely be throwing somebody like that, especially these fights that you think are going to be active. I would have get it in some captain spots and some core contests. It's going to be very cheap to jump in. And with these contests being double the size of what they are, at least uh, on a typical card for these fight night cards and Apex cards in the UFC, should you be looking at playing a guy like Fugit there super cheap and just if you get that high upside spot where you're going to have some dead lineups on the one side and you can get Fugit for very, very cheap for a dollar $2 going forward, uh, even if that, and play them in some core contests as opposed to focusing him on your rare contests?
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think there's three fights that we really want to be targeting. And already we talked about one of them. And by the way, also this is going to correlate to the favorites. If they score well, if they win, I think mm-hmm. they score really well. And the underdogs are also alive. Bulldog already brought up one of them in chat, which we just talked about. I said the light fight is a lock. I agree with you. I think it's a really strong fight to yep. target. The other one he said that he's looking at really heavily is the co-main event, which uh, Charles Oliveira against Benil Dariush, another really great fight. I expect the winner, especially if it's Benil Darius who's going to get the next title shot at Islam Makhachev. Not as bullish on the idea that if Oliveira wins, he's going to get the next title shot, but it could happen. It could happen. It's within the realm of possibility. But another fight where both of them fight balls to the wall, I think the winner should score extremely well. The other one is Blake Builder against Kyle Nelson. Yes. So, all three of those fights, I expect the winners score really well. The favorites are who I'm going to be prioritizing, but I don't want to write off the underdogs either when you talked about some of the cheaper fighters that have ceilings that you want to consider playing.
2: Yeah, I love that. Um, you, you definitely want to just kind of tear it down a little bit. And again, the, the core contests are pretty big this week relative to what the card cost is going to be. Uh, I think that this is something you've noted before on this show when we've done UFC. It seems as though these UFC 289, 290 cards Seems as though the cards are underpriced for those, and then they're overpriced for the fight nights. So I think this is a good one to be buying cards in the secondary market. I think you're going to have positive expected value for your lineups doing that. I I bought my 25 packs. I'm just going to kind of stick with that as my typical way of going about things. Piece together what I got. I have a Blake Builder legendary. I think I'm just going to be playing that one and moving along with my life. So I'm excited for that. Let's talk about some fights that you're not interested then, in, because we do have some other favorites, whether it's Dan Ige, who got minus 250 sitting for him. Miranda Maverick, I had alluded to earlier, minus 275. A lot of other fights that are, that are, there are some massive favorites. Is there anybody, one of these massive favorites you're staying away from? Hmm. David Dvorak as well, minus 275 with a new... Uh, a new opponent there and Steven Ursig, who was supposed to fight in Australia didn't fight in Australia he's from Australia good stuff but uh probably the weirdest looking picture that I've seen on a UFC roster in a while.
3: Yeah does he have a does he have a picture on his car on his radio no but I saw,
2: the, I saw the I saw the picture from Marcel the 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 Twitter guy that you have me follow and well then it's on the UFC card he just looks like a deer in the headlights he looks like a straight up raccoon
3: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out actually who the silhouette is of in the Rainmakers card, but I can't really make it out. I know if you go to Jerry West. Yeah, if you if you go to the UFC website, any male fighter that has a silhouette that doesn't have a picture is Michael Bisping. Any female fighter that doesn't have a picture is Ronda Rousey. So there's oh sick. Yeah, so any any fight card you go to, especially on some of the the fight night cards where we have fighters making their debuts, they don't have headshots of. You'll see Mike, you'll see Michael Bisping and Ronda Rousey are like fifty percent of the fighters in the uh, in the in the silhouettes in those. Fights Bulldogger
2: almost. Bulldogger hit this one dead on. Ersig looks like the sickly Aaron Child yes. from Game of Thrones, the one who sucks on his mommy's thing, and like, he's like ten years old on the throne, just still breastfeeding. That's yeah. so spot on.
3: That he does, he does look a lot like him. That's a very good look-alike call. Uh,
2: that was genius. Uh, but back to the original question. Any fights that we might be shying away from a little bit on this card?
3: I mean, in terms of what you you said about favorite fighters to start, not any of the big favorites, because I do think they all have scoring potential. Like Manda Nunes, obviously, she could score extremely well in a win. Talk about Mike Milad, Adam Fugit. They could both score extremely well in a win, but you know, focusing a little bit more on the expensive fighters here, same with Blake Builder and Kyle Nelson, Miranda Maverick, David Dvorak. Dvorak historically doesn't score well in wins, which is definitely a little bit of a concern for me, but I'm still willing to play him just considering mm-hmm. how big of a favorite he is. If I had to pick one favorite for the card that I'm maybe lightest on scoring well, it would probably be Nasser Dean Imovov. Neither him nor Chris Curtis are historically fighters that score extremely well in fights that go to decision. And then also, if you look at the current, uh, well, actually, there are no odds yet for the props in the fight to go to decision. But for me, like, I would expect that fight to be somewhere around minus 160 to minus 180 to go to decision. So short of that fight ending in the first or second round, I don't think the winner is going to score particularly well. I don't think either of them have a lot of wrestling or grappling upside. And neither of them are particularly super high output fighters either when the fights get stretched out. So we just saw Chris Curtis have a great back and forth fight against Kelvin Gastelum. But still, the winner of that fight scored like 65 fantasy points. Yeah. If you look at the strike stats for Nasser D. Nimovov, he fights at a slower pace, landing 4.32 significant strikes per minute. He only absorbs 3.81. So while Chris Curtis usually fights at a faster pace, there's no wrestling involved at all in his fights. Chris Curtis has never attempted a takedown in the UFC nope. and he has a 100% takedown defense. Doesn't it take takedown? Doesn't attempt takedowns really sturdy on his feet. Doesn't get taken down. So you have a fight that I think is mostly going to play out on the feet Two durable fighters. It's hard to see that one scoring particularly well. So I'd say that's probably one that I'm a little bit a lighter on the upside of relative to other spots.
2: We got our guy, Jordan Klein behind the virtual glass doing a great job going through the marketplace. You can put together your core, rare, elite, legendary Rainmakers contests on the main screen when you go to the lobby. We can pull up some of the pricings here. Amanda Nunes is still $6.99 even for the UFC card. Pretty wild to be looking at. I'm looking at some of the costs of some... Oh, well, that costs is not a word. The cost of some of these other cards, that's for sure. Let's talk about some of these more competitive fights, because I do have one guy that I'm pretty interested in uh, when, it talk, when you talk about some of these tighter spreads, but... We've got, like, Marc-Andre Berrialt sitting there at minus 150 in a back-and-forth fight. What you should be expecting with him and Eric Anders here. We have, uh, what is it, uh, Ari Kilang. We've got uh, going, him going up against Sahabi, who I think is a very talented fighter uh, from what I've seen. I also like Ari Kilang. He seems like he's a pretty, pretty big stud as well. That should be a really competitive fight. We saw it last week with Blackshear. Yeah, kind of needed him, whether it was in DFS or in Rainmakers. Pretty wild result there, so you don't want to discount some of these other fights. Is there one of these other more competitive spreads that you find yourself interested in playing one or either side of this week?
3: Yeah, Charles Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush, I fully expect that to be a car crash, which is kind of (laughs) how every competitive Benil Dariush fight plays out. Like, Think about when Dariush was kind of starting his win streak. If you guys have seen... The Badil the Dariush fight against jakar Close. Oh, Close God. really hurts Benil Dariush on the feet in the second round. And it was it was a fight where it looked like Dariush was about to get finished. And he gets up against the cage. jakar Close starts to unload on him. And then Badil, Benil Dariush hits him with a huge counter right and starts to back up Drakar Close before he knocks him out cold. So, uh, the Bedino-Dariush fight against Charles Oliverio, just considering how both of them fight and just constantly move forward, and there's a lot of chaos, a lot of action in their fights, a lot of takedowns. I could see a lot of takedown attempts, a lot of scrambles, a lot of them getting back to their feet, and then just high output striking. So I really like the Oliveira dariush fight. I think the winner scores really well. And I favor Dariush. I'm, I'm a little confused why the line is getting as wide as it is because... It opened up with Oliveira being, I think, a slight favorite on the initial opening line. Because keep in mind, they've been booked to fight for a while, while. right? Because it was a fight where they were supposed to be on UFC 287 initially, I think. And then it got canceled. Oliveira was dealing with an undisclosed injury. The fight ended up being pushed back. So Oliveira opened up in the initial listing. I can't find the betting date on it because the line was pulled down after it got canceled. But I think Oliveira was a minus 115 the first time they were scheduled to fight. And now Darius, depending where you look, is as high as a minus 160 favorite. That's a little bit too wide for me. I think it's reasonable just considering the mileage on Oliveira, how often he's been hurt in some of his recent fights, to favor Darius. But not to this extent. So I love this fight. It's one that I want to play both sides of. Uh, but I do think it's going to be really competitive.
2: Yeah, uh, Oliveira looks like... Uh... Sitting minus 120, or sorry, plus 100 there for him. Dariush, minus 120. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right right there with you. I think this is going to be a very interesting fight. Uh, pretty excited for that one. Uh, is that a five-round main event, or, or is it a co-main event in that right?
3: It's So it's the co-main event, not five rounds, though. It okay. could be a five-round one. I don't think they need five rounds, so it doesn't really matter that they didn't book it for five. Uh, let's <laughs> just, see somebody's going to die. Yeah, let's see what okay. the uh yeah it's it's like minus two hundred to finish in uh, under two and a half rounds so it's gonna be something like minus two fifty to finish inside the distance. So with that in mind, like I don't think it matters that it isn't a five round fight. I still think there's gonna be a finish in this spot. Cool. so uh, no five round five uh five round co-main event. it's funny a lot of people are like why isn't this a five round co-main event? they only did that for the first time a year and a half ago or so for Nate Diaz against Leon Edwards. And they've only done it a couple times since. So it's like three or four times in UFC history. They've done a co-main event. That's a non-title fight is five rounds. And now it's become like an expectation. Uh, this yeah. is a great fight that I would love to see five rounds, but I don't think it matters. It'll finish before then.
2: Just wanted to double check because I didn't think it was, but sometimes I miss information or something of that nature. That's for sure. Everybody hit that like button, subscribe button, notification bell. If you're listening to us after the fact, Hopefully you have already checked out all your free offerings in that video description box below here on YouTube, getting yourself that PGA tour rainmakers pack, getting yourself a UFC event pack. You get your first one free when you sign up. If you have not checked out UFC here yet, uh, that'll be for the fight night next week. I believe the $19 and 99 cent price point here. There are still a couple of packs here. We're just 53 minutes from open of those packs. And uh, somebody usually comes in and snipes them at the very end. So be uh, be aware that if you're listening to this soon after, you might be uh, having to buy one of these event packs for 289 here in the secondary market. But that kind of leads me over to some of the pricing here, and it's hard to kind of know what that pricing could look like by Friday. But last week we saw a lot of events end up getting shut down, and I know you, myself, we came in and we just kind of scooped up anybody that could be fighting somebody on secondary notice, and that leads me to this question. Do you have any kind of a plan for Raquel Pennington, who is expected to be the backup fighter for the main event? Is there anything like that you kind of put into your decision making? Because that would be maybe one of the most undervalued cards on the entire card in the event that somebody gets scratched from that main event. And it's happened more than once. Do you have any kind of a contingency plan for things like that or when fights get canceled on a card like this?
3: So usually it's just when a fight gets canceled and there's a backup that steps in, typically we see the fighter who was already in the fight as a general rule is going to become a bigger favorite and become more valuable. If Raquel Pennington steps in in place of Irene Aldana, it is such a big advantage for Amanda Nunez. These two already fought and it was wildly uncompetitive. It was a fight where I could not believe that Pennington's corner did not throw in the towel. It had no business going as long as it did. Amanda Nunez ended up getting a fifth round finish in that fight. She landed 152 strikes. She had takedown. She had a ton of control time and just beat the absolute shit out of Raquel Pennington. It is a fight that I realistically think Pennington, outside of an injury to Amanda Nunez, basically a 0% chance of winning. So if that fight is to happen, any Nunez cards that you're already holding just become so much more valuable. We've already seen this matchup not that long ago, and Nunez scored a million fantasy points, and I think Pennington's regressed a little bit since then.
2: All right. Wanted to at least throw it out there for the people just in case something shows up and you want to be quick to react in the secondary market. If you go to the Rainmakers tab and go to shop and UFC, you can quickly search for any of those fighters. And uh, again, for me, sometimes I'm not the best at handicapping things right away unless I've already seen that fighter this year. Uh, We get something announced like a Billy Quarantillo fighting Damon Jackson that comes through on the wire here right now. I don't know what to make of it. All I know is that I was able to get a low serial number for each one of them. So at least I have some exposure to it in a future card. That's not till August 2nd. And uh, obviously your eyes light up when you see it's a UFC card like this one, where you know the contests are way bigger than some of those event cards that we have coming down the pipeline. But four straight months coming up, of an event every single weekend, which means there are a ton of opportunities to get those cards, whether it's a takedown card, a Genesis card. These year-long cards have way more value, I think now, with how many fights have been announced than they did at the beginning of the year. Going to be an awesome run here for UFC. Greg, we've got a couple of minutes left here. Anything about this card that you think we haven't covered yet that we think uh, definitely needs to be addressed before we get out of here?
3: No, not really. I think we've hit on most of the most important aspects of the fight. Like If I was just to run through all of the fights, just going step-by-step step of what I would actually be prioritizing, Amanda Nunes in the main event, Olver and Dariush, both sides of that, Mike Malat, Adam Fugit, a lean towards Mike Malat, but definitely playing both sides of it, Danny Gay and Nate Landwehr. I like Danny Gay in that fight. Uh, other spots that are decently high priorities the Blake Builder Kyle Nelson fight Mm -hmm. and then just his individual standout because they're big favorites David Dvorak and Miranda Maverick I'm not totally convinced they score super well and wins but they're big enough favorites where they should be safe wins for the card
2: should be good stuff here my friend uh don't forget go over to the Rainmakers tab Get your free stuff. It'll be awesome for you going forward here. And plus, there are a bunch of event-gated contests that they have going this week. Uh, Event-set-gated only. That is one where first and second win packages to UFC 292. That seems pretty fun. I would check that out as well. Is if you have those octagon passes, you have a quarterly cash contest. 5K in each of those. All you have to use are core cards, too. I'm going to be jumping in that. You should come and join us and go follow Greg Ehrenberg at G Ehrenberg DFS. Go follow me at Eric Lindquist. And thank you to Jordan Klein behind the virtual glass. Also, last note, PGA Tour, they are dropping today in one hour, the first edition of those PGA Tour craft tokens. You can take the cheap end of the cores and the rares, get yourself some of those tokens and upgrade your golfers for the rest of the PGA Tour season for as long as the PGA Tour is the PGA tour, which is just a whole nother conversation for a different day. Uh, Any final words for the people as we get out here, Greg?
3: No, does the PGA tour name change now? I guess we'll figure that out in a, in a little bit, but uh, yeah, if you guys didn't do yet, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel Friday, I'm going to be doing a more in-depth breakdown of all the different fights on the card and different fighters. I'm targeting both for rainmakers and for DFS purposes. If anything changes over the course of the week in terms of, you know, fighters pulling out fights, getting added to the card, We are going to be talking about all that on Friday.
2: Probably going to happen. It seems like it happens every week. Be on high alert. Let's get ourselves out of here. He's Greg. He's going to make fun of me the rest of the day. I'm Eric. I'm going to just cry. We'll see you guys later.